0: everyone, welcome to the Us and Virus. My name is Kat.
1: My name is Sue.
2: And this is Brady.
0: On our podcast, we hope to dive into a variety of different topics concerning the influences of COVID-19.
1: We're gonna go over a series of topics starting from global engagement all the way to digitized dating.
2: So um, just, the re- just the disclaimer that this podcast is for, for fun, purpose only, and we're not supposed to go by any script or rules. We're just us three talking with special guests every episode and just you know, like having a different point of view on the perspective of this COVID-19 issue.
0: Um, and we're just going to give a brief introduction on who we all are. So as I said, my name is Kat, and I'm an incoming fourth year student at the University of Toronto, and I'm currently dual majoring in human resources as well as political science.
1: My name is Sue and I'm also a rising fourth year student at U of T and I'm a bioethics specialist with a minor in digital humanities
2: and I'm double majoring in physiology and neuroscience with a minor in biology at the University of Toronto as well.
0: Okay so since this is our first episode we thought we would dive into kind of a heavy topic which is in regards to the competing views between eastern and western cultures when it comes to COVID-19. And today, we have a very special guest to join us on this discussion, and that is Johnny Hsu.
3: Hey, what's up, everyone? My name's Johnny. You probably know my voice from the Broaden Your Perspective podcast, but uh, I'm currently a student at the University of Waterloo, a third-year student. I study in a program called Science and Business, specialized in biochemistry. I met Brady and, and everyone else um, when I was doing my co-op term in Toronto, just through basketball and stuff, so I'm really happy to be here, and thanks for having me for the first episode.
0: Okay, yeah. Um, so we have a couple of topics that we want to touch on in regards to something that we all feel like has really gripped the society around us, no matter where you are. Um, yeah, so Brady, why don't you lead the way with some questions and we'll open up the discussion.
2: All right. So like what I want to talk about first was like, what are the some of the pros and cons between Eastern and Western cultures during this COVID-19 issue? So as you know like Eastern and Western they do not agree on a lot of things. They do agree on a lot of things, but they also don't agree on a lot of things. And with two aspects of this coronavirus like pandemic thing, they definitely do have two separate approaches to how they managed it and how they're like coming out of it. So do you guys have any insight on like first what's their like how did they manage to handle this coronavirus issue?
0: Um I think personally just as a political science student something that I find really interesting is how the way our different societies kind of worked against um the coronavirus says a lot about the governmental structure that's reflected within our society. So I think something we could definitely talk about is how um oftentimes um China's policies in times like these are seen easily as repressive and authoritarian, but it might be worth our while to just dive into some of the more positive nuances of that kind of structure, definitely not supporting one or the other.
2: What do you talk about what do you think are some of the positive nuances that China has showcased during this coronavirus time?
0: Um okay, so I'm gonna start off by just addressing some of the cons first, so obviously everyone knows that. There is definitely heavy government censorship, lack of transparency, and just a lot of authoritarian measures can definitely produce controversial clapback. But just some things that, you know, based on my own research, I kind of wanted to talk about was that, first of all, um, China's aggressive measures have been just very effective at slowing down the virus. Um, so just at a study that I looked at, I think by February twenty eighth, the WHO reported that there were actually unexpectedly really positive results on China's progress. And this is in large part due to, um, you know, just very stringent lockdown procedures and all of these massive lockdowns, whether it came in the form of electronic surveillance measures or just social media, um, surveillance measures as well. It actually prevented thousands of vulnerable people in China to evade this illness. Um, and I think that's something worth thinking about because oftentimes a lot of us perceive that kind of censorship as heavily negative. And, you know, I'm not discrediting that, but I'm just saying maybe it's worth just learning to see, okay, what could we pick up from measures like that?
3: So I uh, just, just want to throw in something here. So I remember like in the beginning when, when all this COVID stuff was happening early on, there's a lot of reports going on saying, you know, numbers are being uh yeah falsify people are releasing false numbers you know china knew about the virus starting way before it it declared it with the world um Mm -hmm. like what are your thoughts around people saying you know the numbers are being falsified and and the numbers that are projected by the who are, are could be you know significantly higher than what is there
2: well see like i'm gonna chime in here like to like to this day we still don't know where the virus came from right like right now we still don't we can't determine if it came from bat or if it came on even a snake so and there's been speculations about like who started this virus? Did China start this virus or did even the US start the virus? Obviously, these are all, like, controversial topics that I'm not going to get into. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, see, my perspective is, like, a lot of people were shitting on China because they couldn't lock down the epicenter of the virus, like Wuhan. The city of Wuhan, they couldn't lock it down. But my own, like, process of, like, how easy do you think it is to lock down the city? You know what I mean? Like, to me, like, it doesn't it doesn't take a minute to lock down the city it's not like a video game where like a movie in hunger games they just put a protective bubble over a city and then boom the city is locked down
0: Hunger games like there's definitely multiple not a ways. protective bubble but continue <laughs> <laughs> what i don't know what your interpretation of that movie was but okay
2: no didn't districts and districts have different bubbles
0: Okay, first of all, they were segregated by mountainous ranges. I don't know what kind of bubbles you were thinking of. I'm thinking that you're talking about the arena, which was a killing center, not a protective bubble. Just to clarify, wait, you're telling me you could
2: escape from District Twelve?
0: Yeah. People did escape from District Twelve.
2: To do what? To go where?
0: You go. You like you live out your life in the forest.
2: Okay. Anyways, like, it's not like again, like it's not like, easy to lock down the city, you know what I mean? Like, think about, like, what the city, the people in the city will think, or even the people outside of the city. Like, I live in Vancouver right now. If today I just found out that the government is going to lock down Vancouver in five minutes, like, obviously that's going to be uneasy for everyone. And China did lock down the whole city and prevented everyone from coming in and coming out in less than eight hours. And then the Western world are still shitting on China for that.
3: Well, like, I, I just think, like, I think there's, like, a fine barrier or, like, there's, like, a fine line between, like, like, at first, like, nobody knew what this virus was about, so they didn't know, really know, like, what level of aggressiveness to put towards it, like, if they should shut down an entire, you know, province or whatever it
2: is. Right, and I'm saying, like, even if, like, like, China saw this virus coming in, like, December or January, where, like, even as early as, like, October, right, like, no it's only probably, like, one or two cases then. No doctor is going to be like, oh, yo, we found a new virus Between out of a population of like 10,000s of like people in a city. And then they just found one unique virus. And they're going to be like, we need to declare a lockdown. We need to declare a pandemic. Yeah, That's like the tough thing because like you see like 300,
3: 400 people, but like in the scale of a city.
2: Yeah, it's like in a scale of city of Wuhan is like 0.1% of the population that got the virus at the first at first. Right? But then if you take in 300 to 400 for a city of like Langley or Burnaby or Vancouver, that's like maybe like 1% or 2%. Then it's a big deal. But then I think in this case, is it the true number that matters or is it more like the proportion, the numbers that matters?
0: So you brought up something about which country was it
1: that falsified the reports, like they actually inflated their numbers? So, oh, like, for, like, from my, like, personal experience with this topic, like, every time I talk to my mom, like, who's, like, back in Chile, and, like, she tells me about how Chile is handling it, it's very, I think this is, like, a way to see how what China did is very, like, obviously very impressive. I don't know if impressive is a word for, like, having, like, locked down everything in, like, eight hours, but in Chile, for example, the government, um, well, Chile is, like, on the verge of becoming a developed country, but it's still developing. So when coronavirus hit Chile, which was very late, it was towards like February, March, um, that's when the cases started appearing and the government, I think it was last month, they chose to do a full lockdown of the capital city. And um, basically like you were not allowed to like go outside of your house without permission from like the city council or whatever. Um, and then because Chile was going through a lot of protests since last October the government there were a lot of rumors and a lot of media touching upon the fact that the government was inflating the numbers of cases in Chile and in Santiago like the capital city in order to keep the people from coming outside from protesting because obviously like even though it is a western country like it lacks a lot of it has a really big like educational gap and inequality gap between like the population. So um, a lot of people wouldn't understand how severe coronavirus was going to be um, or they weren't exposed to like other countries going through it. And so, yeah, like the government chose to inflate the numbers by like, I think it was like a couple um, because currently they they have like over three, three 6,000 cases overnight. So by doing that like it's very corrupt but with like a political system in chile like that's that was their way to like prevent people from going outside so it was like kind of like a lockdown measure
3: i was just like is that actually true like did they really inflate it
1: like it's a lot of, it's like, like, who, like a really like, is it, you,
2: like who, who can you tell like
1: it's like, like a rumor you that but question, it's like
2: like, very justified how can you confirm
3: that it's inflated no more? i'm saying if it's like if it yeah Okay. It's so, like yeah, but like no, exactly. You know like the it's same like thing for like other like conspiracy theories out there. I'm not saying this like is a conspiracy theory, but like yeah, yeah. But I've I've heard some like yeah. pretty ridiculous yeah, no, 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 of uh, course. conspiracy theories like from the state. Um, there was like one of my friends who was who was saying how uh yeah this is definitely I do not believe this whatsoever. I think it's just super funny. <laughs> but he's saying how like the the United States government they had uh, surveillance cameras in the birds for drones. And all the birds uh, ran out of battery at the same time. So they invented coronavirus so people would stay inside so they could have time to replace the batteries. Yeah. No. That's like one of the many stupid ones I've heard. But, anyways,
2: sorry, continue. No, but like,
3: I oh my God. just like
2: touch on like how, like, how well, like, obviously, okay, like, I'm, I, I think credits is granted when credit is due. Like, you, you need to give a country a credit when like they need, they, they deserve credit. You know, like, obviously, I'm not like, I'm not, like, a huge, like, communist guy. And I'm like, yeah, fuck democracy. I'm, like, all the way communist. Go China. Like, there's a lot of fucked up things that China's doing right now. But I'm just saying, with this whole quarantine thing, right, like, I you got to give them praise for, like, how they lock down the city. When they, lo- when they mean lock down the city, like, it's, like, what Chile is doing. Like, you can't go outside. Unlike, like, what's happening here in Canada or U.S., where you can still, like, scroll out, you know, like go watch some birds, go like exercise. No, like they put a barrier on your door and they just lock you inside. You can't get groceries and you like someone, a supervisor in your building comes and delivers food for you every day. Like this is not even like myth. This is not rumor. This is just like, like I seen it happen because I have families in China that weren't in lockdown. Right? Like there's no way like for you to just, you know, Go out, go start playing basketball in an east, uh, eastern country like China or like maybe Korea. I don't know.
3: Yeah, like I was, I was in Singapore at the time when all the COVID stuff was happening, and uh, like I was experiencing firsthand just how like serious they were taking it. Like I'm, I, I can go into details later when we get to it, but like there was, uh, there would be like cops walking around outside. Yeah. And like, if they spot you outside and you're not you're not supposed to be there, you you don't have a face mask on, or you're not going, you know, for an essential service, they just fine you like six hundred dollars on the spot, like no
2: questions asked. So exactly. Fine and compared to like you see everyone on the beach these days in Vancouver or in Toronto when there's like tens and thousands of people um, gathered. Sorry, into the park. I just
0: wanted to say like I think that's what right? Sue's like, point kind of was. I don't think she was offering us a conspiracy theory to like shit on the Chilean authorities. Like, I just wanted to defend her there. Like I think you guys kind of misinterpreted <laughs> what she was trying kind to of get at i think her point is that whether or not it's true she's just highlighting that there are regimes out there who are capable of you know instrumentalizing corruption to their advantage during like times like these
2: yeah i agree but like even even when like china is like to be praised now like western countries still shit on them you know what i mean like there's still posts that comes up comes in every day and It's like, "Oh, China's doing not the good numbers. They're still gonna be shitting on us for they're still gonna shit uh, they're gonna like increase the numbers, and their second wave is gonna hit China soon like the truth is, China was in lockdown early late January, and all the cities are back to normal now like who who like what are the bad things being said about China right now Okay, not right now, but like
3: or like before
2: like aside before, from like the like the racist stuff. Not even racist stuff. Like you, you seen that guy that like everyone was sharing on Instagram those days, right? Oh. Like there's was this, this Wuhan supposedly Wuhan guy, quote unquote Wuhan guy, that was just shitting on the CCP for like not be able to lock down the city and like they don't treat their own like citizens right.
0: Um, and even scholars have actually asserted that I think quote well, um there are secondary, tertiary consequences of China's drastic measures. So. You know, you kind of have a variety of both just layman's opinions of China's measures as well as like academics, Um, because obviously like authoritarian measures in times like these, they have their positive consequences, but they also have heavy like sociopolitical implications. Right. Because in doing so, they're obviously infringing on some level of individual rights. And I think that's kind of where the controversy comes in, because where do you draw the line?
2: like they have implemented a system where they can use WeChat pay which is basically like e-transfer here and Alipay another thing that like a credit card or service debit card service if you like to call it to track people's movement around their around the country so like say you came back to China today right on an international flight to Beijing and you paid something at the airport with your WeChat pay or alipay and then the next day, you go to, like, I don't know, Shanghai. They track the record, and then they report you. And they're like, hey, you're not quarantining yourself.
3: Why do they have to do that? Why can't they just look at your phone GPS? Like, why are they tracking your WeChat? <coughs> like, where did you hear that from? There is a study on it. But, like, it doesn't make sense, though, because it, it it's literally so much of a hassle to have to, like, go through WeChat and Alipay when they could just track your... Your phone GPS and know where you are
2: because some sometimes you don't turn on your phone GPS.
3: It doesn't matter if you turn it on or off on your phone. Like I'm sure the government can just. But that's spy speculation. On
2: that's you. speculation. The WeChat and Alipay thing, like that's there's been a study on it. Like Kat has read into a study. Really,
0: I found it on a um. It's um. Let's see. These two contributors, their staff writers, they were talking about it in a study on Science Magazine, where quote they said. Two widely used mobile phone apps, Alipay and WeChat, which in recent years have replaced cash in China, helped enforce the restrictions because they allowed the government to keep track of people's movements and even stop people with confirmed infections from traveling. Um, And quote, this is the dean of the Li Ka-shing Faculty of Medicine at the University of HK speaking. He said, every person has sort of like a traffic light system. So color codes on mobile phones in which green, yellow, or red designate a person's health status, lets guards um, at train stations and other checkpoints know who to let through. So I, I don't think, okay, I think we're thinking of some, like, major, like, 1984 tracking service. I don't think it's necessarily, like, that. I think there is just some kind of software in these two programs that give the government some kind of insight for control. Okay. It's not like, a study. It's not a study. This like, is just a report. Like in a,
3: study. Or, like...
0: Yeah, it's just a report.
3: Like... by who by jur- by journalism is this a journalism report but like i'm but i'm saying like what like if it was something like why wasn't it released by, by like gov- the by government the, saying okay this is what we're doing
0: by the chinese government because
3: they're ashamed of it because they're ashamed so what i'm saying is like what yeah. i'm saying is like we can't we don't know the quality of this the source so it could be false
2: or just because the fbi doesn't release that they're listening in on our podcast doesn't mean they are
3: and just because the US doesn't say, Yeah, our <laughs> our bird batteries are out of have no more battery doesn't mean that doesn't mean it's true. That's not that's what a conspiracy theory is. No one's gonna call and say, Oh, this is true or not. I'm just I, all I'm saying I'm playing devil's advocate here a little bit, saying that we should always be aware of where our sources are coming from is all I'm trying to say. But, like, what does that have to do with cons,
2: though? I, to me, that sounds a good thing. You're tracking your people. Are you saying you're violating their privacy? Yeah, you're 100% violating your privacy. Like, I don't want to know. I don't want that be I know if I'm, like, at my house or at my friend's house.
3: Okay, true. I know in Singapore, they, they just made us fill out these forms. That was it. Like, stating your travel declarations? Okay, yeah, you state your
2: travel, yeah. I stated that I I came to Burnaby from Toronto, like, in the middle of May. I'm not going to be, like, I... But the governments be able to see that I came, like, I live here, right? Like, they see I come, I stay here every day. Instead of, like, you know, I stay at Sunshine Coast or something.
0: Oh, and, yeah, to respond to Johnny, the report that I read, it was from the American Association for the Advancement of Science it wasn't trust it wasn't like you know from fox news
3: okay interesting i, d- I don't doubt it because um i i uh, yeah like i i visited like tencent headquarters before and they gave us a tour of the whole headquarters and they were talking about like the org structure of the company and like sitting there on the like c-suite level executives there's always a government representative on the board so i mean I don't know much details about it, but that's what they told us, so I don't Yeah, I, don't but I know what you mean by I don't like, just disbelieve being skeptical that the of what we're
0: hearing like during these times, because we sure. definitely don't want to perpetuate the stereotypes that are already in place. Um, yeah. Yeah. And what was the question? Yeah. How was that a con? Oh.
2: Yeah. No, the con is just, like, privacy. No. Yeah, the privacy is a big deal. But, like, here's
3: a controversial question, though. Like, at what point do you think it is right to violate on people's privacy for the better
0: it's a big question. of the
3: majority in terms of controlling the virus outbreak. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because like, yeah. with how contagious coronavirus is, you could have, what, a few hundred people not listening to what the government's saying and their entire efforts to <laughs> be totally just
0: yeah. rendered well, useless because let the they travel and spread Let's address this first. Lead the way soon.
1: I'm not, well, I'm not a bioethicist yet, but um, I don't know. I think I was just, like, looking up something because I remember um, what my German friend told me and her opinion on, like, how Germany was handling everything. For example, um, in Germany, Germany is, like, getting so much praise for how, like, they have been handling coronavirus, and Germany has, like, one of the lowest, like, death I think it was like death rates or something like that and so I feel like I was just reading like what Germany was doing and they followed Korea's um attempt to like handle all of like the coronavirus with regards to like tracking and testing and I feel like for example if we look at Germany um they stated like the government the German government stated that it was because the people trusted the government so when it came to tracking the people supposedly were trusting the government so and it led to like I guess like a positive outcome now I think from my personal like opinion on this like the ethics of tracking it's very controversial because yeah there's a privacy issue but at the same time I think Mm -hmm. it's kind of like the question of like are you gonna like move the like turn on the switch like on the trolley ethics question. I don't know if you guys know that. It's kind of like, well, are you gonna kill one person or five people? Um, and I think it always comes down to most governments, most people in general, or philosophers or whatever are gonna be supportive of the common good and believe that if it's such like a pandemic like right now, they will probably prioritize that. Um. And we obviously, like, have some countries that have been doing that and, like, it's been working. Um, But there's obviously, like, other countries are more, I don't know if woke is the right word, but, like, obviously they're going to advocate for, like, their (laughs) privacy more. Um, Like, the U.S., for example, um, I feel like then it's, like, a little bit more complicated. But in general, I feel like in an emergency state, like, right now, um, ethically speaking, like, I... I would like to believe that they would advocate for like the common good, like what's best for the country or like most amount of people.
2: But I think like the question comes down to like, for who is sending the order to track their citizen, you know, like it's the government that's sending down the order who's telling, telling like people to track Mm -hmm. everyone. And when you're, when you're in the government, like obviously like the president or the prime minister or whatever, your dictator, like, calls a shot and when you elect or you okay you elect or like when the prime minister were like they were sworn in like their duty is to protect it's all people all its people all his people right like when you're sworn in as an american like a u.s president you are like sworn in to like do good for the country you're not sworn in to like protect every like you know each individual like you're looking at the big picture, right? Like when you're a president, when you're a prime minister, you're looking for a big yeah. picture, and
1: yeah.
2: like in theory, like tracking is better for the big picture, but it just ruins personal privacy. But during these times, I think personal privacy should be like you know let down a little, because we're in the midst of a pandemic. And it's not like regular times. But like, I I just think it's interesting how, how on one aspect, like
3: how contact tracing is received on two different fronts. Like, for example, like Brady was talking about in China, you know, the government's talking about WeChat and tracking Alipay to, you know, figure out where each of their citizens are. Like that was treated as a con of like, okay, you're breaching on my personal, on my privacy. But you look at North America and you hear like, uh, I think it was like Facebook and or facebook and apple have come together to create a contact tracing app and then everyone's like oh my god like this oh, like is next the next ep- generation this is the epitome of you know the h- human society coming together and working towards a common cause <laughs> this is so good for everyone but it's like what's the difference between the two i don't I, it's like baffling to me like why people on one aspect's like oh this is messing up our privacy and then it's like oh this is so good for everyone you know when they're both pretty much doing the same things
0: i actually took a class in second year that discussed this it was a southeast asian politics course best class ever highly recommend if you're a uft um where we basically talked about how the western world just has an inherently negative perception of the governance in a lot of eastern countries because obviously like it is authoritative in nature it's quote-unquote foreign quote-unquote like oriental all of these things like it's just naturally seen as bad like To put it that way, like even in scholarly materials, like the way authoritarianism is viewed in a lot of Eastern countries is just it's a very black and white issue, which, you know, especially for me as someone who grew up in China and then moved to a democratic society, like I think it's definitely more nuanced than that. There is no black and white there. And I think like to add on to Johnny's point, like what I'm trying to say is like the fact that, you know, just because. Like It's the same system, just used in two different contexts. And one is seen so positively, whereas the other one is just absolutely shat on. I think it comes with a lot of lack of experience. And a lot of the people who speak so explicitly from one towards the other, I think there's a disconnect there that's making them see those two as more distinct as they should be. Because it is the same system is just operating in two different contexts within two different cultures and i think
2: So you're telling me democratic system is the same as communism is that That's what you're telling me? That's literally
0: not what i said what You said the
2: two are the same system That's-
0: No i'm talking about the tracking system
2: Oh <laughs>
0: <laughs> what Nice kidding? me <laughs> Hey don't- No That's i'm the saying highlight of like about the episode <laughs> cat says <laughs> No, I'm saying a tracking system in a democratic state versus a tracking system in not a democratic state. Like, people let those labels determine the efficacy of the systems. But if you look at it from an objective point of view, are the results not, you know, the same? More so the same than people would believe. I'm just saying there is a heavy bias that people should be a little bit more critical of when they're proclaiming their own opinions.
3: yeah i i don't i don't know enough about because i've never lived in china or anything so i i don't know enough to speak on that but like this might, this might also be like another like controversial topic or i might just be super naive saying this but like i don't get the deal on why everyone is so concerned with like privacy
0: oh <laughs> like, God. Let, let me put some let
3: me put some, con- let me put some context in mail like
0: now? broaden <laughs> your perspective guys dm him right
3: there no <laughs> that's what i'm saying so like i understand like okay so in china there's serious censorship going on right like you go on baidu and search for something and then things won't pop up versus <laughs> <laughs> in north america oh like square whatever you want to say but like like that you just get censored and if you you know send I don't know if it's true or not, but you send bad messages about leadership there, like, you yeah. get a knock on the door from F or the government, like, the yeah. next day, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I have a problem with that when you, you're you being censored in terms of your opinion. But, like, in North America, at least, like, when we feel like we're free and we can voice our opinion and do whatever we want, like, yeah. I really don't think the, the government is expending these resources to, you know, track the recent web page you just visited or look at the text you just sent your – ex-girlfriend or something like that you because know because i
2: think like the government's gonna get shit on by the by his like citizen if they do start when people start finding out they're doing it but like why would they want to do that though like does the government not have anything better to do
3: than see what like porn page you just visited at like 2 a.m in the morning like i i really don't understand what people's concerns like oh my god the government's gonna see i i watch this specific youtube video like what are they gonna do mm-hmm. like i don't get it you know what i mean like why is everyone so worried about like my privacy. This, my privacy. That.
0: Okay. So, as a recent reader of 1984, I will speak on that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I actually, like, no joke. I just read Orwell's classic. Um, I think.
2: Okay. Well, to all the listener that doesn't know what 1984 is, is the listen. one about the meme about the big. Brothers. I'm pretty
0: sure uh, our listeners know 1984, but thank you for your explanation.
2: What do you mean by violate?
3: Like just peer and see what you're doing, like if someone can just like any time like the government can just go online and then see what you're doing at any time, like on a like on your laptop or something like that, is that what you're talking about like violating
0: um, what I was going to say is like, okay, the big deal with privacy at least this is just my own opinion, okay I'm not speaking on behalf of anyone else. I think it's the fact that you know above all states nations these conceptual like things that we've drafted up as human beings these societal constructions there is the balance of humanity and I think privacy is something where some people equate to autonomy individuality you know like privacy is like this is mine if there is a body of power out there that has the ability to take that from you like, what does that say about our dynamics that exist within a society? If someone can take something that is inherently mine, just on a human level, and you can violate that based on your own, like, you know, like, institutions, like, like, if someone can violate my privacy,
3: I'm, I'm a bit confused. <laughs> yeah, me too. Because, <laughs> like, what do you mean by, like, you, t- you talk about, like, privacy and, like, individuality. Like, can you, like, how do those two relate, though?
0: Like, that's, like, the literal sense, but what I mean more, like, just as an idea is kind of, like, I think privacy is something that we all inherently have just as a human being, and when I say violate, I kind of mean, like, it's almost like that's a line, you know, like, like, that's a line you shouldn't cross in a way, because if that line is crossed, if my privacy is just violated in general, in any form, it doesn't matter, like, if you're looking at, like, what porn pages I'm visiting at 2am versus, like, something else, like, okay i don't guys just just to say that i don't <laughs> um no i just mean like as an idea it is something like does do you guys know what i mean so you're
2: telling like, me like a nation cannot say have, something... its, ta- 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 have privacy <laughs> no i'm saying you, you're telling you're telling me a privacy is an individuality thing no no th- no okay no agree <laughs> agree or disagree a privacy is an individual thing like you can only have individual privacy. You can't have privacy as a group For- or can you? <laughs> we like weren't
1: would, even talking
0: about that. I never you're talked even... about that. And why? Are, I don't know why you're stating those as facts when I literally discredited saying that these are my opinions. I am not making any generalizations of what the definition of privacy is. This is my definition and interpretation of privacy. Nobody else's. Okay, let me re-clarify. Okay, let me try this again. Dumb it down to layman terms. Sue, so back me up, okay? <laughs> We're the two art kids standing here, okay? We need to make our stands clear. What I'm trying to say is, outside of state systems, outside of institutions, right? I think the biggest, like the most important, fundamental element of every society is humanity, like the humanity component—the people that make up nations, the people that make up a country, right? It comes back down to the individual that compose what a country is. Are you guys following me?
2: So so like a country
3: is it's all people. So you're you're talking about like the foundations of like libertism and capitalism pretty much. Like that's 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 what it's grounded on, right? Like yeah. More like liberty and like, you know, you're your own being, you know yourself well. It's all about, you know, what do you think about yourself?
0: Yeah, like, John Log, Hobbes discussion. Like, that's what I'm trying to get at. And, like, basically, if you look at the classic philosophical works, there's all of this talk where, like, what makes up the individual? What makes someone autonomous, right? Outside of the system that we exist in. And I think, like, violating privacy is basically tearing down that divide that lets a person be truly free. Like, if we are in a democracy, the idea of of that is that every individual is liberal. Every individual is free, you know? And if you're telling me that there's a body of power out there who can pass cross that line, who can violate my privacy if need be, then like, that means I'm very much so in their system. I'm not truly a free human being. Does that make sense? Sue, back me up.
3: Okay. So the, just, yeah like sorry go ahead sue
1: no like i was just gonna say like i think like we're cat or like a, mm, i don't know if it's an ours thing that we understand and it's just brady who doesn't understand but like it's it's basically like the whole philosophical concept of like you're you're doing harm to me and like the whole point of why like hops and all these people were talking about like a democracy was because the moment that you're harmed you're no longer free to be yourself basically like or like protected protecting yourself i guess yeah um it's kind of like why why it's so important to protect or to respect someone's autonomy even when it comes to like for example like decisions in the hospital or like a clinical like medical decision why it's autonomy such one of the four big principles that every single um, doctor or nurse or whatever has to follow and respect and why as people and as as a, as a society, like we value autonomy so much. and then privacy is like the one way that you can, it's kind of almost like the one thing that you have complete control over. And the moment that someone invades that or like makes you feel like you can they can take that away, you're no longer really truly an, an autonomous like free person.
0: Yeah, and I actually have the perfect example to, like, make it, like, to ground what I'm saying in just more tangible context. Like, when people seize evidence for a court case, right, if you record somewhere or obtain evidence in such a way that doesn't follow, like, the proper process or if it violates someone's privacy, you can't admit that evidence in court. And that is, in part, like, it falls back onto, like, democratic conditions because if you're allowed to just use evidence that you obtained however illegally then that's basically sacrificing like the individual's privacy whether or not they're guilty and that's why that's something that's still preserved in our like judicial processes because privacy is important privacy upholds
1: like a standard so uh,
2: are you and sue for or against privacy laws during this pandemic time
1: well, like, I think, like, that's so complicated because a pandemic is just, like, this whole situation right now all around the world is just not normal. Like, these are, like, okay, so very, still, like...
2: There still should be, like, uh, like a like for or against, you know? Like, if you can't say, like, it's such a difficult time, then the government's going to be like, well, then fuck me sideways. How do I know if I can track you or not?
0: <laughs> no, we're not saying that this is us. Like, we're, like pro privacy law in every single circumstance we're more saying that this is something to consider when No, i'm saying
2: yeah so my question is it's right now during this pandemic are you guys pro or against i think to put it in context is more like like yes privacy is like individual reality thing like but for example if there's a serial killer out there and you can track his phone should the government be able to track it and use that to catch him
1: hmm. That's so complicated. It's complicated.
2: (laughs) Right? Because right now, if you just put it in a different perspective, a serial killer is someone who carries coronavirus, right? Coronavirus is deadly. A serial killer is just someone carrying coronavirus. Should the government be able to track someone carrying coronavirus where they go to stop them from killing someone else?
0: If you're asking me what I think... I think yes there are circumstances where yes because like during times like these i personally think the health of the greater good is more important but does that mean i'm just pro like government infringement in all types of cases no that's also not what i'm saying
3: i was just gonna say like i i kind of want to go back to you were talking about like free will and stuff like that that's like another whole like rabbit hole to jump down because like (laughs) From a life sciences, like biological perspective, like we can, you guys can probably have an episode talking about like, do humans really even have free will, right? Like Brady, I'm sure you can agree. Yeah. Like we don't control our breathing, we don't control our heart yeah. heartbeats. You look at your genes, like you don't really control your interests, yeah. your height, and stuff like that. There's a lot of stuff like you, you can't control.
2: Yeah. Um. But anyways, from an aspect of, well, like, or even like you know, in layman terms, in the Asian parents, when they argue, is like you don't have free will because I made you. I gave birth to you. Okay, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I saw what I'm saying. I'm saying
3: like okay, a lot great. of I'm
0: examples <laughs> are just.
3: <laughs> I'm saying like, if you really look at the human body anatomy, like a lot of your stuff is like predetermined, like when you're born, like your interests, like how much is it really free will? Like you can say your favorite color is purple, but you look at your genes and your grandparents and your great grandparents, like maybe that is not really free will. Anyways, that's going down a different but I won't. What I wanted to say was this whole topic on privacy and, and individuality. So you talk about reading 1984. I read a book called uh, 21 Lessons for the 21st Century. Um, Same author that wrote Sapiens and and Homo Deus. But he was basically talking about how one of the problems that our society is going to be facing is that humans are going to lose their individuality, which I agree is totally true. Because um, one of the main developments right now, and Brady, I'm sure you can speak to it as well, is like, algorithms and trying to cater algorithms to biological beings Mm -hmm. right we're trying to code consciousness and so at one point i believe that we're gonna have algorithms or machines that can understand us even better so what happens to individualism there like this might sound weird but like people like a lot of people freak out and say oh my god i was just talking about getting sunglasses the other day and then uh, amazon just recommended buying sunglasses when i opened or like i got an ad on instagram saying you know here's sunglasses like is Apple listening to me and feeding my information to the servers or whatever? Like, people find that creeps well, like, out, right? E-
2: e- even, in like, on YouTube, there's, like, tons of videos about, like, U.S. Congress roasting Facebook, roasting Google, right? Like- oh, don't even get me started on that. That's another topic. <laughs>
3: that is not what I'm talking about, Brady.
2: That is another topic.
3: I'm saying, like, people are, people are saying, like, oh, my God, like, can Instagram really make better decisions than me in terms of my clothing choice or whatever? But, like, I'm the type of person that will literally, like, Go on Google and just type in like sunglasses and hope that the Instagram algorithm feeds me some cool ads on really cool sunglasses and I'll buy those. Cause I believe that the algorithm knows me better than than myself on in terms of like items that I like. Like you can see that with YouTube, with your Facebook news feed, your IG newsfeed, like everything as well. Like what happens when that extrapolates the level of like, you know, larger decisions that you make in your life? Then how does individuality and privacy work around there? Like that, that might be interesting. Like I feel like this COVID-19 pandemic is like a step towards that direction because would it not be for the common good if the government had these algorithms and these software programs that could make better decisions for humanity you know what i'm saying like at what point does that line get drawn so it's like a very very shaky thing and i feel like when we get to that stage and humans start losing their their individuality the the political system we've been living in since you know world war ii of of like liberty and capitalism and, and all this stuff like that is, is going to change. And there has to be a new way to, uh, you know, do things anyways. But the Facebook thing, Brady, that's a that's a different thing. That's like, like, are you talking about the videos on Congress where, like, there's, like, some judges grilling Mark Zuckerberg saying, oh, you allow Trump to post whatever he wants on Facebook and just throw unlimited funding towards spreading no, false no, messages? No, no, no. It's
2: more like, like, they, they show a phone and they're like, can Google track with me walking here to walking over there, right? Oh, they for sure they can. But, like, and then google ceo i forgot his name but he's like you need to turn it on and that's another like like you need to turn turn on the service and then we have a service that can do it yeah and then and then there was another talk i think there was another congress thing that said like if you search up donald trump or if you search up idiot a picture of donald trump shows up that's so that's an algorithm thing right yeah yeah so like what it just you know
0: what? <laughs> what?
2: I don't wanna jump on I don't wanna talk about fucking US Congress and uh Facebook and Google.
0: Okay, I'm sorry. How is all of this related to COVID again? You guys lost me around like 13 minutes ago.
3: Well no, we're just talking we're, about we're talking privacy, privacy yeah. and then individuality and then
0: yeah.
1: I mean, but anyways, honestly, back to COVID. I feel like
0: just oh, okay. What?
3: Wait, say what you wanna say. No,
0: I was just I was just gonna say like just for myself, these questions are honestly beyond me. Yeah, me too.
2: Well, I mean, I guess this is like that's what like this whole podcast is for, right? Like we have like we have someone that's from life science, we have someone that's in social science, and we have someone that's in bioethics. And one person's from China, one person's from Taiwan, and one person's Chile Korean, right? Chile
0: Korean. <laughs> okay, Chilean Korean. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like chili Korean.
2: <laughs> like, there's just so many perspectives on the topic, and that's like it gets the listeners to like think. You know, like when they're eating dinner, or when they're just like enjoying like a run or something, they think about these topics and they can actually have some of, like their own thoughts, get their brain. You know, oh, there's okay. another actual very controversial topic I want to bring up. So I was listening to uh Patriot Act, Patriot Act about uh on Netflix, which is like Hasan Minha like. He talks about like some controversial things and there's this COVID-19 episode and he brought up the fact that Trump actually got the first COVID-19 briefing about this like whole like issue about this new virus in early January and he didn't do anything until March. So like,
3: okay, I feel like that's getting into conspiracy theories. Now. That's not, no, no,
2: that's not conspiracy. That's like like it's been
3: we're literally just spreading conspiracy theories at this point people are gonna like jump around to this podcast they're gonna like click on you know 12 minutes in cats like uh democracy equals communism and then they're gonna jump the next and say u.s government surveillance birds created covid19 and all this stuff
2: okay fine okay fine next like my next uh, question would be will the next pandemic be better or worse between the western and the eastern countries
0: whoa
3: <laughs> before we get into this can i just say it's really cool that like covid has been able to bring the human race together as a whole like we've never had the entire human race focusing on one solution which is the covid vaccine mm-hmm. right yeah. like in yeah in everyone my is
2: like going trying their hardest to fight everyone's trying their hardest to like yeah. you know and it's to cool it to actually, see
3: like how fast we can advance technology and yeah. everyone is focusing yeah. on I, what we're agree. So I That that's, that's cool. One. Yeah. Before we go and split it into like East versus West. Yeah. Just wanted to say that out there.
0: Yeah, no, that it is, I definitely agree. Like some people have even said like even though twenty twenty has been absolutely tragic in every single way possible, it's also just highlighted so many important issues that I'm glad, frankly, that as a society we're finally faced like forced to confront.
1: I feel like in a way it was coming at us like I would not like I'm not trying to like give like a religious view or anything but I feel like in a lot of ways like this whole pandemic was like a slap to the face like to every single human on earth about so many things and like to a certain extent like with all everything like changing in the world like everyone was just kind of like like going like farther apart from each other as a society as like as everyone in the world and i feel like this just kind of brought everything together mm-hmm. in every way um yeah. so yeah i think it was like meant to come <laughs> eventually okay what the fuck A well not i'm not talking about the pandemic I'm, I'm talking about like something that would like kind of bring everything back to like
0: like obviously nobody wants this pandemic but now that it's here we're yeah. glad that humanity is progressing forward that is her point
2: okay so yeah Can we talk about my question now?
1: Yes.
2: (laughs) So who's going to answer it? Like, which, like, what happened? Wait, what was your question? My question is, will the next pandemic, well, first of all, will there be a next pandemic?
3: For sure. There's going to be a next. Yes.
2: Absolutely. Why? Because like, where already you learn from our mistakes this time? Now we can just lock down the city in two hours now. Why would there be need to be a pandemic?
0: Because, Literally nobody said we can just lock down a city in two hours now. Well, like
2: no, now we know that locking down a city within seven hours is not even good enough, right? Now we can even shorten it later, earlier. That's but
0: like not how these things work.
2: <laughs> and also, I think you have to factor in like human ignorance
3: to a certain level, right? Like, like Bill Gates gave a TED talk like five years ago that outlined exactly how COVID was going to spread. Like Mm -hmm. exactly got like millions of views. Nobody was prepared for it because we're like, Oh, it's never going to happen. But like statistically speaking every so often, there's always some sort of pandemic that Mm -hmm. hits Spanish flu, Mm -hmm. stuff like that always happens. Mm -hmm. Right. So I'm sure in the future, whether that be in our lifetimes or like, you know, whatever down Mm -hmm. the line, like there's definitely going to be another pandemic for sure. Mm -hmm. Cause Mm -hmm.
2: right. So, so, When okay, so when the next pandemic hits, who's gonna be more prepared for it? (laughs) What kind of question is that? I don't.
0: (laughs) Like I am definitely no prophet. Like I have no ability to speak on behalf of entire countries and governments. I'm not about to say ah yes, Canada is gonna be number one for sure. Like mm -mm. someone else take this one.
3: Okay, I I can talk about Singapore because I like I don't know much about how Canada and BC handled it because I wasn't here most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I just got back in May, but like in Singapore, like they cracked down like super hard. So it was like a progressive phase one, phase two, phase three kind of sort of implementation that they're doing. Probably because they were hit um, hard by SARS earlier prior, mm-hmm. so they kind of were ready for something like this to happen. But I remember it started off by you know, every student having to record their temperature twice. So mm-hmm. NUS passed out these thermometers and everyone had to fill out their temperature twice and record it to like this online system.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And if you missed it three times, they mm-hmm. would start like penalizing you. So the first one would be, uh, you, you maybe you get your final grades back like a month later than everyone else. Mm-hmm. And then anyways, it was like a system. And the final warning was like, if you do not follow our guidelines, we're just going to kick you out of the university. Like that's how serious they were taking it. So if you miss your temperature recording they'll kick you out of the university three times three strikes and you're out so serious on that aspect they were passing out face masks to everyone um in front of all of like the public gathering spaces like entering into the cafeteria or the library or like student centers um there would be like these those like thermometer screens that would screen everyone's temperature if you didn't have a sticker signifying like your your temperature and you didn't have fever you weren't allowed into the facility they would reduce the seatings so it started off by, you know, they would take chairs out of the library. So uh, there would only be like fifty chairs on a floor. So only fifty people could be allowed at a time to, you know, prevent large gatherings. If you weren't a student, you weren't allowed on campus. Um, classes larger than fifty were all online. And then from there, it kind of progressed slowly. they even started, you know, kicking people out of residences. So if you had, if you were a Singaporean native and you and you lived in Singapore but you were on campus living in residence, you would have to go home. So they would only let like international students or PhD students stay on campus to limit the amount of people that was actually there. Um, but they were taking a bunch of measures to you know kind of prevent the spread and, and take like precautionary concerns. Like I remember one time back when they were still hosting classes of you know 50 people or less, there was one professor got tested positive for COVID in an entire building and they just shut the whole building down and like thoroughly cleaned it. For like a week before they even reopened it but they were taking it like super super seriously and so i'm sure the next time a pandemic comes now that they've been through it you know a second time but a much more serious problem i'm not saying singapore handed it handled it perfectly because obviously they had like a big outbreak with the foreign dormitory and those workers different scenario though because you've got all these people crammed in one space um, and not a lot of resource put towards you know protecting those communities but Uh, I'm sure like in the future, they will have, you know, rigorous procedures, or implementations in place. But um, I felt like they handled it pretty well. I I may have also just been on like a super high of being on exchange and not caring at all about catching COVID-19. Because during the pandemic, I was having the best time of my life, like just flying everywhere, like no regards, like going to all these places. But like Singapore, I feel like they were pretty rigorous and strict on uh, their procedures and stuff.
0: I remember, yeah, no, my friend was also at NUS at the same time as you. Um, She talked about how, like, when she tried to go clubbing, like, you know, bouncers were just, they had, like, thermometers with all of them, and every time, like, even if you were slightly above the average temperature, nope, not allowed to go inside.
3: Yeah, I remember uh, there was one time we were in line to, like, get into a club, and, like, the bodyguard would, like, scan my temperature, and it was, like, 36.5 36.5 he's like sorry you're gonna have to wait five minutes and we to have to check your temperature again before they let you in so you have to like be like under a certain temperature yeah. to let you in but the guard was literally like yeah just like wait five minutes maybe you're too excited you know walking up here it's like hot outside like just wait five minutes for <laughs> right. your temperature to go down
0: maybe you and my friend went to the same club i think he said the same thing to her something along those lines and was like yo just have a glass of cold water
3: yeah i was like it was it was so funny and like but like in the beginning though like we were all like freaking out like me and my roommate uh um, he was from, he was from the UK and he, he was like super, you know, on top of the news and seeing everything. And like in our, in our dormitory, uh, he saw like somebody get carried out in like a stretcher, like an ambulance had carried someone on a stretcher down the elevator. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Oh my God, like he's got COVID and they're transferred to the hospital. <laughs> and so for like the next like week, we were so scared. We wouldn't take the main elevator. We'd walk all the way to the end of the hallway and take like the service <laughs> elevator for like the firefighters for like the next like two weeks. Wow. Cause we were scared of catching it
2: no i think singapore did a good job on it because as i mainly think is because they were a small country right like singapore is not the biggest country in asia like if it's tiny bro yeah it's It's like a city yeah it's like it's like the size of vancouver probably small yeah yeah no not
3: smaller probably the size of vancouver yeah
2: yeah right it's small like if you like think about how dramatic or drastic this would have been if they put the implement like Singapore's measure on China, Russia, Canada, or US, right? You can't, you can't just suddenly start handing everyone free masks, handing out everyone thermometers and telling them, oh yeah, to record your temperature and upload this,
0: right? Wait, like what what was the conclusion of that? (laughs) Like just that, yes, there will be some countries that are better prepared, but inevitably because everyone is under different circumstances, there will still be countries that are unprepared. Is that what you're trying to say?
2: Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it just. I mean, it, I think
0: that basically sums it up.
2: Like, I think it's just gonna be hard for like countries that as big as US, as big as Canada, Russia to contain a pandemic, right? Like all these countries that has contained that praises that they contained it, like for example Taiwan, you know, praise that they have low COVID nineteen numbers. They do,
0: <laughs> but they do,
2: but they're <laughs> they're not the.
0: A, the <laughs>
3: that's not a praise they literally have they're literally one of the best controlled countries in the world right because
2: they have a small country
3: okay country size does matter but like i feel like what's more important is the way that they've organized themselves and the way that they've taken their measures right like sure like this like singapore is you know super small so you can just logically say it's easier to handle but i would say like singaporeans are pretty like i don't know obedient is probably not the right word but like they take like their government's word like very seriously and mm-hmm. the, you know they they listen to what the government says we had the circuit break where no one was out to leave like nobody left you didn't have people riding in the okay i'll tell you for one thing you did not see people in the street riding saying protesting their free rights saying you know i'm not gonna quarantine at home you did not see that in singapore i bet you didn't see that in taiwan or in china
2: mm-hmm. i'm just gonna leave it at that um like i think that's that's the difference between eastern and western culture no like western culture like they they publicize oh yeah like everyone deserves to know what's going on and then but then that gives everyone the chance and the right to be like hey like these numbers don't make sense to me right
0: like the premise of western countries a lot of western countries is that they are individualistic societies whereas most um eastern a lot of southeastern asian countries are you know they're collectivist countries, like, that's literally just what it is, I did a study, like, back in grade 12, examining, like, the implications of these kind of foundations, and some things that come out of it is, like, when they're, like, when there are threats against the broader good, in a lot of collectivist countries, there's a greater sense of communal responsibility and collective action to combat things like this, whereas, obviously, the reason we see protests that are anti-lockdown anti-quarantine it's because people are very very passionate about their individual rights and yeah like i think it's kind of interesting how even during like a pandemic you can see these things play out
3: i also kind of want to bring up something as well that's like kind of ties into like the individuality and like deserving to know the truth and stuff like that i like let me know what you guys think on this as well but like i i like i disagree Mm -hmm with the people that discredit the WHO and discredit, uh, you know, large healthcare organizations or, you know, health planning organizations um, when they change their minds. Like you remember how like on the news they were saying, Oh my God, the WHO initially was telling us not to wear face masks. And now they're saying we should wear face masks. Like, do they even know what they're talking about? They're just trying to trick us. I disagree with people that say stuff like that Mm -hmm. because the premise of science is we take what evidence we have, we have a hypothesis and we test it. If we get more data that changes our output, we're not going to be, you know, ego t- egoistic people and say, oh my God, no, we were right in the beginning. We're going to come out and say, hey, sorry, we're actually wrong. The evidence states that face masks actually do prevent the spread of COVID-19. I, I disagree with people that say like, oh my God, like, mm-hmm. you know, these people are changing their minds. Like we can't even trust them at all. That's just the premise of what science is about. Like, I don't know what your guys' thoughts on that. Are. Like
2: I think the science aspects of this like issue is just more like, like, you guys, everyone's got to know, this is, like, it's called novel coronavirus, right? It's a new strand. Like, no one has ever seen this strand before. It's not, like, a recent, like, influenza flu or, like, the, the, the common cold, right? Like, no one, it's called novel for a reason. Like, back in, like, January, like, They they said person to person transmission for COVID 19 back in January is very low. That's why they did not lock down the whole city. And then it turned into very high. And there was even, I don't know if you guys heard about this, where like this is why like everyone started wearing face masks and goggles on the street because during a period of time they said you can, they can transmit through eyes. Okay, there we go. I'm recording now.
3: Wait, it can still transmit through the
2: eyes though, right? I don't know, can it?
3: I'm pretty sure it it can. can.
1: It's only, so like what, I watched this thing about it, and basically it's if you touch your eyes or your nose or your mouth, um, that's why you have to wash your hands, that's like the, what, how it would get transmitted to your eyes, it's not like you just look at someone with coronavirus and you'll get it, it's like, if you touch your eyes, you'll, it's, that's how it, like, gets in.
3: Okay. Yeah, or but, if someone sneezes and it gets yeah. in your eye.
2: Okay, but okay, you, you just
3: never- cough so I'm not get it out.
2: <laughs> Nevertheless, like. We're having new discoveries every day, right? Yes. Like that's why the who didn't used to say, yeah, wear face masks, but now they're like, oh yeah, now we're wear a face mask because it has may have, may might have mutated to a new strand that is highly transmissible, right? So like, don't discredit any scientific research right now except for like when Trump says we're gonna inject fucking hand sanitizer into your bloodstream. <laughs> yeah, like he said drink uh
3: drink hand sanitizer. Like, no, he, no, no, he said, something no, lethal. he said, like, it was, like, drink bleach, and then the CDC got, like, 10 calls across the country saying people that got toxicity from <laughs> drinking bleach, because someone said you'd have to do that to cure yourself of COVID.
2: Yeah, and he, like, and Trump is, like, a huge, like, discreditor of uh, of WHO right now. Like, he's just, he's just, like, oh, like, who is not doing a good job? Like, give, give it to us, give it to the US, and then we'll be able to do a good, better job like i'm just saying like don't listen to like people like trump during these times because trump at the end of the day is a business person right but weren't you the one that
3: just said like presidents are sworn in to protect the majority of people
2: okay so what so what are you telling me i'm I'm. I'm do you want me to overthrow trump right now <laughs> <laughs> i'm just I, I i'm just saying you said that
3: and a little bit ago
2: right and I think Trump in a way it's protecting its people right now. Oh God,
0: it's giving Washington people State, hope. Please tread carefully.
2: No, is it not? Like I tell me this now. How is US still economically so steady right now? And can, like the US American dollar, it's so up so high up there where every single other currency has fallen through the roof the roof.
3: Except for Taiwan dollar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's
2: just, like Trump, at the end of the day, maintained U.S. economically for its people. It's just in a different aspect of like health related to health. You know, like he didn't take care of someone in related to health, but he took care of some he took took care of someone related to finance economically. And that's still econ- that's still taking care of its people.
1: Well, Trump is a uh, it's just Trump, so. <laughs> like
2: yeah and Trump is just Trump like we can't use Trump as an example right like
1: (laughs) Like, what you were saying Brady is basically like obviously like at the end of the day scientists are humans and they're also trying to figure out as we go through this pandemic how to fight it so like obviously there's always gonna be people that are gonna wanna put the blame on someone and it's crazy times
2: like, I think it's just, like, inherent in our, like, human nature to blame Yeah.
1: Someone,
2: you know? Like, no one wants to blame themselves. Yep. No one wants to be like, oh, yeah, I fucked up. I ate the bat, and I was the first <laughs> one to got coronavirus.
3: <laughs> 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 I ate the bat. <laughs>
2: right? Like, China <laughs> is nice. pointing fingers to U.S. is like, hey, you guys created ju- uh, the virus. And U.S. is like, no, China created the virus to stop Hong Kong protests. <laughs>
3: okay i don't think anyone created the virus that's pretty much a conspiracy theory let's just leave it as someone ate (laughs) soup ramen
0: okay well everyone thank you for listening to our first episode we definitely want to put out a heavy disclaimer that many of our individual opinions were expressed and please take all of them with a grain of salt okay A lot of them were just for jokes, but at the end of the day, we hope you take away some of the more serious takeaways, which was in regards to what are the broader sociopolitical implications when such a pandemic hits and just about maintaining scholarly objectivity in times like these, you know, to not see issues as so black and white, but instead like really examine these things with a critical eye, just so you're really like taking advantage of the information that circulates around us. And we definitely want to thank you like have a huge thank you to Johnny, um, who is a podcast veteran. Go check him out at broaden your perspective. Okay, on Instagram. He has many valuable insights that he shares on there. So give him a visit. But otherwise, thank you for listening and
1: we hope to see you soon in episode two.